Are you eating a little bit more than you usually would right now? Are you yelling a bit more? Are you drinking a bit more than you probably should? Mm, If the memes popping up on Facebook are a thing to go by, you're not alone. Hello, it's Penny Terry here, and as your guess, yep, we're going to go a bit deeper than the memes. For some people who rely on alcohol and other drugs, the COVID-19 restrictions mean they could be more alone than ever. And this seemed like the perfect topic for our second season of HealthSpeak, where we've been working out ways that we can help others from our home. And I think one of the things we've learned from previous episodes is that you'll always get something out of taking the time to listen to the experience of someone else without judgment. But finding someone with an addiction who is willing to talk with us and believe they wouldn't be judged, well, we haven't found them yet. Yeah, it's a problem. And it got me thinking that if we do want to help, could questioning our judgment be a helpful start? Really helpful. <laughs> really, really, really helpful. Um, I learned a long time ago when I first started working in social or community services that um, uh, my my pathway through life is very different from somebody else's, and I have haven't experienced what other people have, and they haven't experienced what what, what I have. And so, if we colour everything with the the lens that we see life through then it's pretty easy to, to point the finger or they just should say no. They should just make better choices. Um, unfortunately, some people's life has been where they don't know what a better choice is. They haven't had a positive role model in their life or a- every figure of authority in their life has caused them harm. We've all got faults. Some of them just look a little bit easier to spot. And so we need to be careful how we do that because what that does do is stop us from helping it stops us from being kind or showing a little bit of grace or a little bit of forgiveness or compassion towards someone who's, you know, from the face of it is, is having a hard time. Um, and so if we're looking out and caring a little bit more for other people rather than saying why they're wrong, then we miss that opportunity to, to, to help out. Um, and that's what our teams are, are, are great at doing. Um, I see it in other services as well. Um, we have people come in with just every thing that they try is shut down, and particularly now that all the choices and opportunities are sort of limited because of the situation that they're in at the moment. Quite often through no fault of their own. And the last thing they want is someone to point another finger at them and give them a hard time or hurl some abuse at them or just tell them to get over it or try harder. Um, so, yeah, we, we, we need to be careful about how we do that. Wow. Yep. No mucking around at the start of this episode. That is Stephen Hill. He works at City Mission as the manager of alcohol and other drugs and housing services. And look, as he says, depending on your experience with people with an addiction, there are lots of different things that you might be thinking after hearing that. The bit I'm interested in is the helping bit. And for addicts that want help, it's harder right now. And being at home is also a game changer, and not only for them. Yeah, it's again, it's creating a, another level of complexity. People that would normally uh, not want to use their, their substance 
in the family home they'd go down to the park or they'd go to a mate's place or they'd go to somewhere else and and either obtain it or use it now there's some risk attached with that and so they might be more likely to to do that at home um, which is exposing you know if they've got loved ones whether it's children or parents or partner and that's putting pressure on that that relationship and it's putting pressure on them and it's not safe for them Um, and so it comes back to when's home is safe and when it's not we're also seeing um, reports of different mixes of of illicit drugs so the 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 mixes are probably a little bit different than what someone is used to using so the the risk of overdose or coming to some sort of harm accidentally because of of what's being used to to make up the substance is is an issue um what do you know about why that's happening Again, maybe because of increased police presence around, maybe it's it's a supply thing, maybe it's because of the restrictions on on some of the places where they'd be buying things from hardware places and things like that. So, yeah, it, it's it's a bit of a mix and probably something that, that we're not really too sure of, but we're seeing the results of that coming through. Um, it's also putting other pressures on the health services as well. And at the moment, our health services don't need other distractions or anything like that. You know, they're struggling with the, the situation as it is, particularly up the northwest coast. So, mm. I guess you might think that if the supply is a problem or you can't use your substance how and where you're used to, that it could be a catalyst to stop using. What are you finding in your service about whether people are using this as an opportunity to reduce their use or if they are using substances to cope? At at the moment, we're still seeing a drop in referrals overall um, and whether that's because people are just afraid or don't feel able to, to, to get out and do that. There's probably a bit of a, a sense of responsibility with kids not able to go to school, and so there's other pressure on the on the partner to, to look over that. So the, the thought of going into a residential treatment service for for a few months just is a stretch too far, or, or the partner's actually needing the, that help, even though it might not look 100% all the time. There's someone else there, um, so there's that. There's the other pressures on on people being stood down from work or employment options being uh, taken away. And so the the income into the house is sort of dependent on being able to um, be in the house rather than getting the treatment. Again, because of uh, the restrictions around pandemic, trying to get counselling services for treatment, so day services rather than residential is a little bit tricky as well. That's normally a starting point uh, for someone who's looking to, to, to change. So... We're seeing more people just, um, again, with the different stimulus packages that have been available, some people are using that extra money to party a little bit harder or deferred payments for rent. I, I didn't think they consciously decide to suddenly just use their money that way. I think it's just an opportunity. And, again, it, it's masking something deeper than that. I don't don't think anyone just decides that suddenly they're, they're going to become addicted to a, a substance. There's a, there's a journey and there's a story and there's a pathway that gets them to that point. And I think we'll start to see some of that change when the restrictions start to get lifted. So once things start to feel that, that are coming back to normal and then people will start to reassess where they're at. At the moment, we're, we're not quite seeing it, but we're expecting there to be a, a bit of a, a, a bubble that will come through. So we'll see uh, a huge demand on 
residential support services, probably financial support services, relationship support services, domestic violence support services, those things that at the moment are probably a little bit hidden or masked because of the restrictions are, are probably going to come out at some point. Stephen, do do you have room right now in your residential services? Mm-hmm. Yep, we do. We do. So if people are listening now, how do they do that? Yep. So if they're looking for support for drug and alcohol rehab services, their, their best point is to call uh, our Missiondale service on uh, 63918013 uh, or go to citymission.org uh, and log in. There's a contact us sort of section there. Um, for people that are looking for crisis accommodation, um, the best port of call there is is using the front door service for ha- all ho- housing and homelessness services, which is Housing Connect, um, which they also have a 24-hour number, which is 1-800-800-588. It means you don't have to make lots of phone calls. You can make one, you tell your story once, and, and someone will find out what the options are available and work with you to do that. So... Being able to tell your story just once is something that our partners tell us is really important for their clients when they try and get help. But still, right now, support services like Stevens are hearing less new stories from people with substance use problems. Does that mean it's more important for community members to know how to help while people aren't accessing professional support or until that bubble of demand comes along? There are things we can do, and we'll get to that. But first, what about people who have a problem with gambling? Hilary Ivory works with people who gamble in her role at Relationships Australia, and she too has seen a drop in demand for support over the last couple of weeks. I imagine that it's a time that people who do use gambling as a way of managing their lives will be really struggling to find ways to support themselves. Some gamblers might actually really go well with the potential to gamble being shut off and other gamblers may not. Most gamblers have some sort of trigger, whether it's where they're bored, which is going to be a really huge trigger in this time. Boredom is a huge trigger. Having a bad day, having an argument, worrying about money is a huge trigger for gambling because they want that hope that there will be more money. Hilary, tell us how you understand gamblers are affected by their addiction. Well, gamblers have reported to me that they find that gambling puts them in a place where they there's no tomorrow, there's no yesterday. There's just this place in the middle where they're warm, they're safe, and there's no worries and there's this feeling of hope and it's a good feeling and feeling like that is way more preferable than the normal stresses that they have in their life and the craving for that is very strong. So it's really difficult for gamblers to look for other ways of calming themselves down or managing their distress when there's something so easy to access. If we think about the people who are living in the house with somebody who may have been a gambler in the past, does have a gambling problem, or might be susceptible to increasing that problem now, what might they be able to do to help uh, that person? 
Yeah, well, I'm thinking about a client I saw recently and a young woman who was struggling with going to the poker machines and she ended up telling her best friend that she was struggling and she worked out that trigger time for her was on the way home from work when she was feeling stressed. So they actually worked out, this is pre-COVID-19, they worked out that they would go for a walk together, they would meet and go for a walk together after work. And so now they can't do that. There's, we're going to have to get creative about other ways that we can support our friends if they reach out to us. And that's online. It might be an opportunity to organise a, a Zoom call or some sort of online to chat after work or to have a, a 1.5 metre walk exercise together or you know, to start to get creative about that social connection that is the real antidote to addiction in many cases is that if someone has the urge to gamble and a friend actually reaches out to make a social connection with them or they reach out to a friend, that can often be a great antidote to the urge to gamble. You can't work with a gambler and be critical of them. So to, the best way to support someone is to really help them find a way to get what they want because most gamblers want to be free of this. And so ask them how they want to help themselves and how you can help them. It's that asking thing again. It's come up in every episode as a way that we can work out how best we can help from our homes. But what do we do when people don't want our help, which isn't uncommon when someone's got a substance abuse problem? Yeah, fam family and friends are, are normally the ones who cop it the worst. They they deal with the manipulating behaviour, they deal with the lying behaviour, and they do it because they love the person. The person has to change their behaviours for themselves. <laughs> they can't do it because mum wants to do it or because dad wants them to do it or because Auntie Flo wants to do it. They've got to change when they're ready to change. Otherwise, it just defers things. Um, so I guess good being aware of good boundaries and, and they're the hard things because that means saying no sometimes and when you, you care for someone, saying no is sometimes the hardest thing to do. So keeping those boundaries around, you know, uh, behaviours getting violent, you know, well, you should be calling the police <laughs> to, to, to intervene, even though that's going to be one of the hardest calls you've got to make. And we're suspecting that in the midst of this, there's probably some violent behaviour that's, that's not being reported. I encourage them to seek help to encourage, you know, name up the behaviour that you're seeing and say, well, you know, I, I don't think I would have seen you do this a year ago or a couple of years ago. You know, you're not looking great. Um, you know, be honest in, in that. Name up how those behaviours make you feel and the impact that it has on you and, you know, encourage the support, encourage the phone call. Um if you, you don't know who to refer to, then you can call our services or, or the range to, to find out so that you can get information to forward on. But at the end of the day, that person has to be in a situation where they want to make that phone call and get the help. What about earlier on, if COVID-19 and the changes has been a, a catalyst or a really good excuse to up your use of a certain substance that you may have had under control before, 
What are some things to watch out for if you are a family member living in the house with them or you are just a friend and you're talking to them and you're connecting in other ways? Uh, good question. Um, I guess you're looking for things where different sort of mood swings or, or, or different sort of behaviours, particularly if it's isolating. So if you're normally mixing together in the house, okay, and then, you know, someone's going off and just asking the questions about, you know, what's going on. If you're concerned about someone going out and getting something, then, you know, the current guidelines are pretty clear about doing things that aren't essential. Be aware of those sort of things and just talk, you know. Do you have your meals around the, the table together? Do you have them in the same room together or do you just sort of separate into different rooms to have your, your main meals? Because that connection, if there's connection to the family, then there's not going to be the connection to the other things or it's creating a barrier to have access to time to do those sort of things that you don't want them to do. You know, walking and, and talking together is, is a good way to, to break through some of those things that, that you might be struggling to do. But, um, yeah, find, find ways to engage in, in, a, in a healthy aspect so that you can create a distract, distraction from those things that, that, that aren't so healthy. Um, some of the areas, the houses are pretty close together. So if someone's having a, a bit of a bad day and it's coming out verbally, you're going to hear that. You know, there's a lot to be said for, for keeping an eye on your neighbour. And again, that, that's something that's changed. It's showing my age now, you know, from years when we were kids and running around the streets together and we knew when our neighbours were home, we knew where they were, we were in and out of everyone's houses and things like that. We knew when the people down the road were away and or if we hadn't seen someone for a while. And um, there's a lot to be said for, for keeping an eye on each other and, and you know, we should be encouraged to to support them, and and if you're feeling that it's there's something that's going on and someone's not safe, then then let someone who can do it safely and and check in on them and know whether that's the police or if you've got them on Facebook or something like that, drop them a me- a message just to see how they're going. But uh, don't be afraid to do that. Don't be afraid to call in help. We heard that in the first episode about family violence. And we're hearing it now again on our fifth episode. Before I sign off, one of the things that's come out of this series is that there are lots of people who need our help in our communities and there are lots of ways that we can help from home. And in doing that together, we could just take some of that pressure off our health and community services now and when they're expecting that bubble of demand that Stephen talked about. Now, there's one more thing that Hilary said That was a bit of a light bulb moment for me. And I've already put it into action. Yeah, look at me go. I wonder if you can. If there's anything I could say is to really, for people to really think about how good they feel when a friend asks them for help and how nice it feels and how warm it feels when you're able to actually help someone who asks for it. And to remember that feeling, because that's a gift that you can give your friends. Is that a gift you're good at giving? Might be worth a crack. But if you want professional support, Relationships Australia are waiving their usual client fees for the next three months. I'll also leave all the details to get in contact with City Mission in the show notes. There are four other episodes in this special second series of Health Speak where we talk about the many, many different things that we can do to help our friends, our family, our neighbours from our homes during COVID-19. So we don't need to share that cuppa after all. But 
from what you've told me, it's been more than that. It's been sort of a raw look inside the homes of our fellow community members who've told us stuff that we don't usually get to hear or spend time thinking about. So, if you haven't already, jump back in this feed and give them all a listen. Because this new perspective, it's lifelong learning. It's not just for now. And please share this on Facebook, a text, tell someone on the phone. They'll find it on all the major podcast platforms on the Healthy Tasmania website. You'll find our podcast partners, the Healthy Georgetown Project, posting it everywhere thanks to the Georgetown Council, and it'll likely pop up on your local community radio station too. But for now, that's it. I do look forward to talking with you again. Be well. Be well.